When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. What up, Betches? Welcome to another episode of our weekly podcast, Betches Brides. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and um, today I'm super excited for selfish reasons, because I have a million questions. Well, we have a lot to cover, um, but specifically, we haven't been able to get answers on destination weddings for Corona Brides. And so today joining us is uh, Lauren Greck. She is an NYU special event planning professor, as well as uh, she's a wedding planning specialist when it comes to destination weddings as well. So welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay. So first things first, one of my best friends is I'm looking at her wedding invite right now. Okay. She's supposed to get married early October. 2020, Italy, go, go. Man, oh man. I know. And so we keep talking about it. And like in the beginning, she was like, it's happening. And I'm in the bridal party. And so is my girlfriend. She's on the groom's side. I'm on the bride's side. So like, this is one of the most um, involved weddings that we've been invited to in a very long time. So like us not being there is not an option. So at first it was like, it's going to happen. No, no worries. Our, our planners are still going over there amidst everything. And th- like they said they would go. So we said, if you're comfortable, go. And then it was like, well, maybe people aren't going to feel comfortable traveling, but we're still going to go get married. And so like, if you guys want to come, please come, but don't feel pressure. I don't want anyone putting themselves in a situation health-wise it's going to make them feel uncomfortable. And then like the last two times I've talked to her, she's just like hopeless, but she hasn't officially canceled. So there's some hope in there, right? But I just think she's kind of like ostriching it. She's putting her head in the sand. She's not dealing with it right now because it's, it's just, it's too much. So from your professional expert opinion, what are the chances of, and I, actually I have a couple of other friends that have specifically Italian destination weddings this fall. Um, yeah, maybe even late summer. So what would your advice Well, my advice would be is I would say, wait, I would say, let's just hold, let's take a pause, pause till June 1st. I have been telling all of my fall clients, this is that right now it's just too early to tell. I think that we can definitely still have uh, a wedding in September, October, November, especially if we have the next five months or the next four months to just kind of ease back out of social distancing. So I say, pause, hold off, and then let's take a look at June 1st and we can reevaluate. I wouldn't want her to just stop everything now. I think there's still a chance that she could have a wedding. I was not expecting you to have that positive outlook. I'm so relieved. 
I, because you know what I keep telling my clients is that once we get over the hump and once we start getting out of social distancing, people are going to want to party. People are going to want to travel, want to go get together with one another. So I would say right now, everyone just needs to take a minute. We don't know the trajectory of this virus right now. We're watching our governments, um, you know, create all these restrictions and put all these social distancing measures in place. And we're also starting to see Italy open up again. And we're starting to see other, other parts of the country open up again. So I think that that right now, any Anything cancellation-wise for the for October or November is a little too premature. Okay, that's really good news. Well, because I know we've had actually some brides on who are in, and they're not even destination. They're like getting married in their hometown or in a city that requires like maybe travel in a car at the very most. And even yeah. they're feeling like, I don't want people social distancing at my wedding. It will feel so weird. So even they're feeling about that, they're going to pull the plug. So we, like, news oh. alert. News Everybody alert. Just pause. <laughs> June 1st is when we can start making decisions about whether it's domestic or destination weddings. I didn't even realize that. Okay, yeah. so with that being said, um, what are, are there certain places that you would say are more like of a scary hotbed for travel than others? Like where are like some like, it's like if your wedding is in the Caribbean, that's a good thing. Or like if your wedding is in Europe, that's a bad thing. What do you think about that? If your wedding is outside, that's a good thing. (laughs) So if you're going to have a gorgeous destination wedding on the beach or in a villa in Italy, at least you're outside. I think that you enjoy the good weather, enjoy being outside in the outdoors. And I would say there is safe a way to safely social distance at an event. And I was telling some of your colleagues this earlier is that I would, I would say, make the dance floor a little larger. Don't see people 12 at a table, 14 at a table, maybe do eight, 10, do a little bit more, more spacing in between the tables. I would also say for anybody that want is can do something outdoors, do something outdoors. I think that will help ease people back into the psychology of attending an event again, rather than them, you know, worrying of whether or not they should be social distancing. I think that especially after June 1st, if we're still social distancing, we can we should be having conversations on what we need to do to make people feel a little bit safer attending your event. However, if we're not social distancing, then what can we still do regardless that are like little subtle things like 10 people or eight people per table, making the dance floor a little larger, little things that maybe your guests won't notice or maybe they will and they'll feel a little bit more comfortable. I was even thinking of having Purell stations at our, at our weddings this fall so that people can just have easy access to Purell, washing hands, like just the little things that we need to remind people again, like even on the menu, like a cute little note, like don't forget to wash your hands before dinner, like something that just makes people feel like, okay, they thought about it. They, they're putting health measures in place and we're, we're trying to take care of, of, of our guests. So Lauren, what I'm hearing you kind of say is that these weddings, destination weddings, domestic, what have you in the fall, it's kind of less about health concerns and more about psychological issues yes. from the guest standpoint. Yes, I completely, okay. I, I think that that's what we're going to be facing in the near future. I don't necessarily think we're going to be social distancing. If we're going, if everything goes according to plan, I don't think we're going to be social distancing in September or October. However, what you should be considering is how you're going to make your guests feel comfortable attending a 400, 500 person affair. Okay. Now, if you planned a destination wedding for 2020, what are the chances it will still happen percentage wise? Oof, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I wish I knew the answer to that one. I don't know. I, I think that right now, anybody that's within the summer time frame, I would be looking to postpone. Yeah. However, anybody in the fall, I would say hold off till June 1st. But anybody that has an event maybe coming up in June, July, 
even August, I would recommend exploring the option to postpone, creating a wedding website to communicate with your guests, and even just talk to your venue. Say, what dates are available in 2021 if I chose to postpone? What's my recourse? What does my contract say? I was doing a doodle for um, all my clients, and I was just getting all of the vendors to tell me, what dates do you have available for this client, and what dates don't you, don't you have available, so that I could track to see what vendors are all on the same day can, can move to my new client's postponement date. So it's very easy to do and manage. You don't need to manage a million emails. Send everybody a doodle and just be like, hey, can you fill this out for me? I just want to know what my options are. So okay. if you're in July or August getting married destination-wise, I don't know the percentage that people are going to have events, but I do know that you should know your, and explore your options. Okay. Um, when it comes to postponing weddings, how long are people postponing for? A year, six months? What are you seeing the trend being? So originally, I think a lot of people were very, very hopeful that we were going to get out of this within a couple of months. However, now anybody that had done that original postponement is now doing a double postponement. So mm. if you want to avoid a double postponement, I would recommend doing anywhere from six months to one year of a postponement. So if you're postponing now, I would say you should be looking into April and May dates of 2021, if not further. Okay. And then also from like a guest standpoint, so I have this, so you're kind of giving me hope that this Italian destination wedding could happen in October. As a guest that I'm like, so when do I book my flight? <laughs> That's the thing. That's the scary thing. I would say that, like I said, June 1st is when I would really consider if we want to still move forward with the event. If you are a guest at a de for a destination wedding, purchase insurance. I would not I would not get a flight at least until maybe three months prior. So you have some time and I would say I would hold out because a lot of the, you don't even know what airlines are going to be around. I mean, we just saw Virgin Australia go under. We don't know what's going to be happening here in the United States. So that's a whole nother issue is anyone that had is using points or has, has uh, postponed already and has lost a lot of fees and flights, I would say, let's just hold off a little bit to before you rebook. But I would say maybe three months out would be the fair choice. And especially if we really see Italy open up again, the United States open up again, then I would say for sure we could rebook and feel comfortable rebooking. Is there any way that we could get like, this is going to sound horrible, but like if we get insurance, really good deals right now? Is that I, really I fucked up to start for $50? And I was like, hey, babe, can we go to Miami for the weekend? Like, <laughs> I know. I, it's I'm all about Oh, my God. Right? Because it's like, well, if we're, if we're allowed to, then why not? But actually, yeah. do you happen, speaking of destinations and flying, do you happen to know if, I've seen a couple news stories that came out saying, like, flights are more packed than ever. Is is. is is that something that you know anything about? No, I don't, I don't think so at all, by the way, from what okay. I see and from any, like I had a photographer friend that traveled to a destination wedding, a, like literally a month ago and the, the plane was empty, like empty. I, like so that. I, I don't know who's flying and where they're going, but take me with you. Cause I gotta, I gotta get, I bust out of here. I gotta get out of the Catskills. I am antsy AF. If, if <laughs> I when it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. 
By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. So can you explain exactly what a Corona clause is and how to bring it up with a vendor or a venue? So a Corona clause is very specific to the coronavirus. So in the event that there's a flare up again next year, a lot of clients are concerned that coronavirus is not going to go away. It might be here and it might be here to stay. So what do we do if our wedding is affected again by Corona crisis and we don't, we're not in force majeure and we can cancel. And so what can we do? So Corona clauses are there to protect you in the event that there's another coronavirus flare up. And a lot of uh, companies and venues are already putting these clauses as part of their contracts. What you need to do as a consumer is make sure a, you have some sort of protection in the event that Corona does flare up and you need to postpone your date. A lot of venues are allowing you to do at least one postponement without having to pay any penalty, and they're willing to postpone your event to a day of equal or lesser value. So if you are in October bride and you're moving to another October Saturday of the following year, most likely you're going to be fine. However, let's say you're a March or April client of 2021, and God forbid we are dealing with this situation again next year. What's going to happen is that now if you have a corona clause, you are protected from this flare up and now you're basically able to postpone your wedding at least one postponement at no additional cost incurred to the client. That's really good. Now, if I were in the position of my friends, if I were a corona bride, I would, I I think I would just postpone a year out. That's just like what I would feel comfortable doing. But what are you seeing the trend is for a lot of brides? Are they like, I, I feel like the more brides I talk to on this podcast, the more sense of like urgency there is for a lot of them. Yeah, I know. And it, and, and it sucks because you're, you're now competing with other brides that are already getting married in the fall. And now you've moved your events in the fall. And a lot of people were very hopeful that we were going to get out of this within two, three months. But I, I personally feel one year postponement is especially if you're in this time period of April, May, or even March, I would say a one-year postponement was the, should be the best case. And this way, your March is typically not a tradition, the traditional wedding season. You're really looking at like May and June as the prime wedding season dates. So if you can even move to July or August or a little earlier in the season, I think that you would be better off. But it's, I would say one year minimum. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do a three-month postponement. Now, <clears throat> given that like idea of one year, I think we're all psychologically feeling like that's when I would feel safe attending a wedding, right? So let's say somebody's like, I'm going to postpone three months or six months. How do they account for the possibility that guests might not come, even though it might be safe for them to travel and to actually be there? 
they're just still afraid of getting sick. So, because I know with destination weddings, it's like a much greater percentage of your guest list won't attend just because it's difficult to get to. But now with Corona looming overhead, I'm sure that percentage has gone drastically up, you know, which actually could be a good thing when it comes to budget. I agree. And also think about it this way. You want, uh, if you have a hundred people or you guaranteed your venue, a hundred people pre Corona, I think you should be renegotiating the terms of your maximum capacity. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend to anybody repostponing and saying, you know what, I don't think I'm going to guarantee a hundred this time. I think I really should, I, can I reduce my minimum to 65 or 75 people? Because I'm really concerned that there's not going to be enough people coming to my event. And a lot of times venues are willing to work with you on those capacities because they don't want to lose the job and they want you to get married. So right. my biggest recommendation to anybody that has a destination wedding, my first plan of attack would be lower your, your guest count and lower your minimums for your venue. So you're not paying for 25 extra guests that weren't able to make it. I know we kind of touched upon this when I was asking about me getting to this, this wedding in Italy, but are the travel industry and the wedding industry kind of working in tandem together or is it completely disjointed? Like, That's a good question. I think that right now the wedding industry, especially the destination wedding community is working with the tourism boards and good. we're working with different tourism boards, like myself included. I'm working with Barcelona tourism, Italy tourism, Switzerland tourism to see when are they reopening? How are their vendors reacting? What is, what is the situation on the ground? I'm relying on these people to tell me what is going on in those countries that my clients are getting married in. And so in fact, it's actually really brought the tourism, hospitality, and events industry even more together than it That's has good. been over the past couple of years. So rest assured that everybody is working really, really hard to make sure it's safe, make sure that we can get people there, and making sure that there's other other amenities on site once we arrive. So are we gonna have transportation? Are cabs gonna be easily accessible? Are, like things you're not thinking about, like, right. like you, we wanna make sure that there are boots on the ground at these venues and at, in these destinations that we can work with. So if you're a bride that ha or a couple that has not reached out to a destination management company or the tourism board or the local tourism authority, you absolutely should because they're the ones that are going to be giving you the information of what's going on in their country, in their region right now. Okay. And then also given your relationship with different tourism boards, is there any, are, are there, are there some countries that are doing better than others right now? Like is Barcelona ahead of Italy or is France looking like it's going to open up before anything else? Right now, I think, I wouldn't be able to say because the collective is how do we preserve the destination wedding market? Everyone is really, you know, wants to make sure that these venues and these vendors are even around and are stabilized enough to be able right. to welcome weddings in the next couple of months. A lot of, I mean, even the floral industry has been absolutely shuttered. So even the brides in the fall, the concern has been, are we going to be able to get flowers in time? Because are we going to have enough flowers for all these couples that had once we were ordering flowers for, you know, at thousands of weddings in the spring that have now been postponed to the fall. So the, the global concern is what are the resources available to us? And that is where I have been communicating with the tourism boards most is what are those resources going to be for my clients and make sure that we, that we can provide them what they paid for. In your experience, do you think people are going to become more afraid to plan destination weddings moving forward now? 
so it's interesting. I've always, I have like a double-sided argument with this, right? So I have one aspect where like, I feel everybody is going to want to be getting out of their house and traveling and exploring. And those that didn't appreciate it in the past are going to appreciate it that much greater. Even myself, I was traveling all over the world and I, I didn't open my eyes. I wasn't awake and, real, and appreciating the fact that I was getting to go to these beautiful destinations. So that's one way to look at it. And the other way is, are, are people not going to want to travel? Are they going to be afraid to go on air, in airports, on airplanes? Are, is there going to be this global health concern for a while? I don't know. I, I toy between both options because for me, I'm ready to get back out there, go out and travel, see the world. And I know other people are like, I don't know. I'd rather just do something local. I think that weddings will be smaller. I would say if I were to see or forecast the trend, I would say that weddings will become more intimate and it won't be these 500 person affairs. I think we're going to really see the, the intimate weddings have a resurgence. Going back to the classics, going back to traditional, I really see that. What was, what was the wedding prior to it? What was... Forget the wedding. It's going to be more about the marriage now. Yep. Wedding so is actually, so the wedding industry is going to be forever probably changed by this pandemic. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how it, it, it won't be. Yep. I, even a lot of my frienders and people that I've got, you know, I've gotten to know over the past five years, I've seen people closing down their businesses. And so it, it's, it's a sad reality all around, but at the same time you have amazing vendors that are still here that are so positive about the next move and the future of our industry. And people are paving the way for, to make sure that couples can feel comfortable having events. Cause that's one thing. Nobody's ever going to stop getting married. No one ever is going to stop no. having a wedding. That'll yeah. never go away. So yeah. what we want to do is encourage people to do so safely and, and make sure that they're still having an incredible time doing so. Yeah. Okay, so we have some listener questions, specific yeah. listener questions. So um, we may have already touched upon it, but just in case I missed it. Um, first question, is fall 2021 possible for destination weddings? I think we basically, you said yes. Totally. Yeah. Okay, uh, should I send save the dates for a spring 2021 wedding or should I wait? Ooh, good question. Good question. I, I'm sending save the dates and I'm in, I have made it mandatory for all my clients to have a wedding website. So it, it literally states, uh, stay tuned for any wedding updates. And at that point we would, if we had to postpone, we would then announce it on the website or send a digital invite. But I think send save the dates. Is it realistic to keep our date for a 50 person wedding in Greece for September, 2020? Yes. Okay. And I have planners in Greece that are talking about events in the fall. Okay, that's good. Really yeah. good. Um, what specific insurance companies do you recommend for weddings? Um, I go through a private insurance broker. You could all mm -hmm. you could go through your insurance broker, your homeowner's insurance. Um, I would definitely I don't have any specific companies I would recommend. Um, I work with the Cody Group, if that helps. Okay. Um, do you think people will be encouraged to wear masks for the rest of 2020? I'm assuming that question is like, so will they have to wear masks at my wedding? Maybe. And if they do make it fashionable, I know Alice and Olivia just released, uh, released a line. I know a lot of designers that are doing so see if you guys can order in bulk, make yeah. it cute, make it monogrammed. I would say, try to make it trendy. If you can, if you can, I don't know. It's I know, like know. a weird way to say it. And I don't want to get any pushback on that. But if, if, 
if it makes you and your guests feel comfortable, then do something that and, and make it look cute. Maybe a masquerade mask. Ooh, that's smart. You know? Yeah. I actually, I just, my girlfriend's aunt made us um, a bunch of just like cute fabric masks. And yeah. like, really? Like, they're cute. Like, when I go up to the grocery store now, I'm like, I'm feeling myself. Yeah. I didn't think I would feel that way with the mask on. So, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. And um, I would focus on some really sick eye makeup and like right? do a little, yeah, I would, I would make it look cool. Why not rock it? <laughs> um, how do I avoid masks being the focal point of my pictures if they're required at the wedding? I would say do something where you could put, put them on off, like a masquerade mask. Okay. If you didn't have anything that could go pull behind the ears, I would probably do something that is handheld and that you could remove and put behind you in a photo. Right. Um, is it rude to ask guests not to wear masks at your event? I'm worried about my pictures. Eek. That's a, that's a hard one. I would you know, say. It's, you know what, though? Maybe I'm crazy. You tell me. Maybe I'm crazy. But like being married during a time like this, this is historic, you know, and it's scary. Yes. But like, this is like when our grandparents talked about living through, I mean, World War One, you yeah. know, World War Two. So it's like, there is something to be said for, I, I forget who I was talking to, but they were saying how their grandmother, they, that, that her prom got canceled, you know, prom's getting canceled. Um, and that her prom was canceled due to what would it be World War Two or World War One? I'm super bad at history. World oh, War Two, World War Two at this point, right? But but it's like it really it's it's crazy. So you know, I I think we can all share. Like maybe there's something that's historically interesting about that being captured. I'm trying. I'm grasping it. Yeah, I here. mean, we're, we're trying. We're trying. I think think about it this way though. Would you rather not have a wedding? So would you rather people there in masks or would you rather have nothing at all? So I would almost look at it and say, it might have to be where we just do one unmasked picture and it's just like we, we call it on the dance floor. And, but I think that's a really good point. I mean, if I were a client, a client of mine right now, I don't know if I would feel comfortable having everyone in a mask at my wedding. You know, yeah. I would miss, I would miss the faces. Right. Um, can you still have dancing at your wedding if they're social Definitely. distancing? Definitely. Yeah. Um, make how, a little bigger. How do I make my hand sanitizer look classy during the reception and ceremony? I mean, I think we should be doing little mini Purell bottles on the tables as part of like, as part of the room decor. I mean, I would even customize the bottles and do something really cool. Customize the scent, make it your scent, make it a signature couple scent. I would do Purell stations maybe near the bathroom. So if people wanted to just like go grab a little hand sanitizer, they could. Um, how else could you make it cute at the reception? Definitely like I would say make it custom to you guys. Like I, I would really customize the Purell bottle and be like, because we have to. And, and yeah. make it and just try to make it fun and playful. Um, what country should I avoid in planning a, destin a destination wedding post-pandemic? Post-pandemic. I actually think that if anything, it's going to be like one of those things where after 9-11, it was safer to go out. It was yep. safer to travel. So I actually think if anything, this is the time to do destination weddings because everybody is going to be hypersensitive to sanitation, cleanliness, even the airlines and the and, uh, and, and in flight. I mean, they're gonna, there's going to be so many different cleaning and staffing measures that are going to be placed. 
I would say if anything that now is going to be the best time to do destination weddings, because I think everyone's going to be hyper sensitive and on hyper alert. Yeah. I'm flying first class if I'm going to Italy, by the way. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I've convinced myself that feels safer. <laughs> is that and crazy? I really hope that like the airlines even maybe take this as an opportunity for not to cram next to each other and everyone's sitting in economy on top of each other. And they're charging me for all my different luggages that I'm bringing on board. Like, I mean, they got a little greedy. We got to call it for what it is. They got a little crazy, these airlines. So it's true. I would say like, hopefully maybe we have every other seat as opposed to all being on top of each other or their spatial requirements and limitations. So it's not like we're, we're on top of each other anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, like back again, going back to like traditional flying, I mean, back when in the 1950s, 60s, it was like so glamorous, every, but every seat was glamorous. It was almost like boarding a PJ, you know? So, um, go to the airport, like, I know. (laughs) Like imagine. Um, And what is the best language to include to cover yourself in the event of another COVID postponement when negotiating with a venue or vendor? I think you touched upon this, but I just want to reiterate it. Definitely. And then look at your force majeure. Look at the force majeure in their contract. Make sure it does outline global pandemic government restrictions. So just because maybe we are not in a pandemic, but the government decides to just shut down and social distance and go on a lockdown, we want to be able to make sure you're protected. So look at your force majeure. Make sure it includes pandemic, epidemic, global health crisis, um, government restriction travel bans, and then also have a Corona clause as well, where it outlines how many postponements you have with this vendor, how many are complimentary versus how many you're going to need to pay for. And then of course, uh, make sure that you have at least one year postponement date. So one year to the date, anything beyond that, you might get a fee for, but at least you're covered for the first postponement and for the first year. Okay, great. It's time now for our Betches Brides uh, question of the week. So basically, guys, we have a Facebook group. It's called Betches Brides. And if you're in need of some support right now, which I'm pretty sure like literally every person is at a time like this, um, it's a great community of brides all figuring out together how the fuck to get through wedding planning. So make sure to join. Okay, so this actually comes from directly Facebook. So we're going to debate it right now. Um, and again, if you want to participate in these wedding debates, join our Betches Brides Facebook group. Facebook debate of the week from Shelby. Are there any brides out there who don't want a small wedding ceremony on their original date if they are postponing? We haven't pulled the postponement trigger yet, but all my friends and family just keep saying, do something small this year, then do the big wedding next year. But I really don't want a courthouse, backyard, Zoom wedding. And I don't want to cut my list. Is that selfish of me? She says, I've got this plan in my head of how I want it to go. And I feel like if I do a small ceremony, I'm not going to get all the things I've been working so hard on. I, of course, love my future husband and want to marry him, but we've been together for almost six years now. What's one more year? We own a house and a puppy and have a joint credit card. I feel like we are pretty much married already. I'm feeling bad telling people that I would rather wait till next July than do something small. Uh, I, put it to, I put together the entire wedding script for my officiant and it's special and means something. The party aspect is there, but there are so many small details that I've been thinking about that will also make the day special. Does anyone else feel like they'd rather just wait and have the day be exactly like they want it? If yes, what have you been saying to people who, want, who make comments about waiting? Wow. There's a lot. A lot, okay, a lot, a lot of details, a lot of feeling. <laughs> a lot of feeling. You know, 
I always try to put myself in the client's position. And if anything, I was a bride once. And I remember what that feeling was like to have this vision in your head of what this day is supposed to feel like and what it's supposed to, and what you want to remember and what you want to relive. So I, I believe that she should, this, this couple and this bride should go with what their, her original plan was. If she doesn't want to do a zoom backyard wedding, then don't, that's not selfish. That's just, that's just, how you feel and that's okay there's no shame in that and i think that every bride and couple is entitled to the wedding that they want to have so some couples might not care to do a backyard court courthouse wedding while others are like you know what what's one more year and i get it i was i get it one more year is your your wedding's done you're not going to really have to plan anything you could just take literally pause it and then pick up with your vendors maybe two months prior hire a month of planner to keep you on track yeah but i would say i would say postpone for the year and if you that's what i would do if i were in your shoes girl i would do the i would be like a year i don't even want to worry about it i don't want to think about it like and I'm of the same mentality, what's one more year? I think the only people that maybe don't feel that way are people who are really rushing to have kids. Yeah. Um, but, aside, but aside from that, I mean, I would just say postpone it and just take a deep breath, right? I would say, oh, yeah, why not? What, what is the harm? And also, it gives you a little bit more time to let things play out. I think big, the biggest thing for me was like, a lot of people that were at my wedding are no longer here. And yeah. so what that, what the wedding provided me was an opportunity for all of my friends and family that I love to be in one place at one moment in time. And it's a moment in time I will never get back with that same group of people. So that to me is incredibly special and important. And I know a lot of couples feel that way. Grandparents mm-hmm. are no longer around. Certain aunts and uncles are no longer around. I have new children in the family. And it's like, you never get that snapshot in time again. So why, why not just wait that additional six months or one year so that you can have that moment where everyone you love is in the same place at the same time? Yeah, and comfortably so. Exactly, yeah. comfortably so. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Really, you are, you are a breath of fresh air. We've been getting a lot of like doom and gloom <laughs> So it was really refreshing. I love the idea of waiting till June 1st to make any decisions moving forward. And I love your optimism when it comes to destination weddings for fall weddings of 2020. I'm thrilled to report back to my friends. I'm eternal optimist. You have to be during times like this. Otherwise you'll get yourself down. Truthfully. You guys can follow Lauren on Instagram at Lauren uh, Grech, but it's spelled G-R-E-C-H underscore L-L-G. And also uh, at LLG events as well. If you want some cool event inspiration. (laughs) Lauren, thank you so much. Thank you, Taylor. And also, guys, don't forget that we have a newsletter. Planning a wedding is stressful AF, especially during a pandemic. So we just launched a brand new wedding bridal newsletter to help you stay sane. Whether you need an opinion on what trends are trendy or tacky, planning hacks, inspiration from other couples, and more, we've got you. We've even added weekly poll Results showing insights into who's postponing their weddings and who isn't. So that can give you some sort of like just a ideas to what's going on. Consider this newsletter the best gift that wasn't on your registry. Subscribe so you don't miss out at betches.co slash brides newsletter. You guys, that's it for us this week. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And also follow us on Instagram at Betches Brides. You guys, we'll be back next week with another great podcast. Until then, bye. Betches.